Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Achievers, this is episode 103 of the Next Level Author Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account, gripping each other by the very reluctant necks, and track our step-by-step step yeah, step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Sasha Black, and here with me every single week is... Sasha Black. <clears throat> yeah, they're not as good version of Sasha. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the angel version, yeah. <laughs> Such an angel. How are you? How's your week been? Um, I hate I hate the week now made t-shirts that say weird week. <laughs> because like I'm wearing it and I'm like, I feel like all I need to do is like hold it up. Um it's been it's been a weird week. A weird week. A weird week. <laughs> Every fucking week is weird. It's set up. Um yeah, it's been a all over the place week, really, for, for many reasons. Um Number one, the Writers for Ukraine campaign ended. Um, so that wrapped up on Wednesday and, yes, no, Tuesday. Wednesday? What's the date? It wrapped I up don't Tuesday. even know what the fucking day is today, <laughs> darling. So don't ask me. <clears throat> so it wrapped up on Tuesday, the 15th of March. We're recording this on Thursday, the 17th of March. Um, and we blew away all of the goals that we originally set, all of the targets, which like makes me very happy. We raised over £14,000 to... Um, go over to British Ukrainian aid to go and help Ukrainian refugees sort of down on the ground and, and get them food, blankets, hygiene products, all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, ease some of the suffering that's going on, which is amazing. Um, we ended up having sort of 360 active authors on the sheet from over 25 countries represented. And the million word challenge became the 2.2 million word challenge. So like that, that kind of has just swallowed most of what my week has been just in terms of obviously like focus and making sure that's going and, there's a lot of um, behind the scenes work just to kind of like keep people rolling, keep people motivated. And it was like running uh, one of my boot camps, but for seven days, which is nicer because it's a shorter period, but it's more intense because it's a shorter period. Mm. Um, so huge well, congratulations. Uh, it's a m- magnificent achievement. And I hope you're very proud of yourself. I am. I'm well, it's, it's one of those things where like, I'm very, very happy that, we put in the effort and we we kind of brought it all together and set it off um none of it would have been anything without all the people shouting about it on social media and sharing and getting behind the the project so um like a big shout out to them or to everyone who's been involved in, in some form or another and i have sent out sort of like video thank yous and stuff for people that have been involved um but yeah so that has consumed a lot of the week and then i also this week informed my ghostwriting clients that i am done um so i'm officially off the books from I think it's August is my final deadline um which is both an amazingly liberating and also terrifying experience because it does cut 40 percent of my income which is quite the chunk that I'm gonna have to try and rev back up to make sure that I can you know pay bills and stuff but it's it's one of those things where it really has come down to health and happiness over like finance and I'm uh reassured enough in myself that I know that I'm resourceful to try and find where that gap is missing like whatever whatever that takes so 
I, you know, at the end of the day, ghostwriting, like, was really, really good to get me started. I've learned a lot. Um, I now have pain in my fingers that I'm still trying to work out with the doctors what it is, because apparently it's not even repetitive stress injury, oh. nor is it. Um, yeah, apparently RSI is mostly localized to wrists and elbows. Um, so according to. Some yeah, of the people but that is that the case for writers? Well, this is what we're finding out. Like he knows what I do. Um, yeah. I'm going away for, for more tests, but also RSI would have um, indicatory inflammatory markers and my fingers don't get inflamed. They just hurt. Right, they don't okay. swell they don't anything else like they don't go red they just they just ache um yeah. it feels much more like and obviously I don't know this but it feels like joint deep yeah yeah um, yeah so that has been obviously like it's I'm 99% uh, sure that ghostwriting has contributed to that and also just my mad sort of um productivity when it comes to writing so <clears throat> you haven't got like that... stress fractures have they x-rayed you not yet you might want to suggest that they x-ray you to make sure it's not a stress fracture yeah yeah, because that, that would be another option because like people... But that would I have that sports... in all 10 fingers? <laughs> no, I didn't know it was all 10 fingers. It's every single finger and thumb. Uh, don't know. Yeah. I mean, still maybe. Who knows? Um, but yeah, like at the minute, the doctor literally said like, there's no, there's nothing that kind of points to RSI or arthritis or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, health-wise, like I, you know, I want to I wanna write my books. And as of this week as well, I um, have sacked off is the wrong word but um i've stopped working with my transcriber and i've gone back into typing despite the finger pain just because i miss it man like dictating with your voice or telling a story with your voice is a very very different muscle and it's fantastic for productivity in terms of word output but the actual process for me at this point i'm very very visual so i miss sitting down and seeing the words appear and manipulating the words and like jumping your eyes two lines up just to kind of like check that you're in the flow and you just don't get that when you dictate <laughs> You're also strategic thinking led, aren't you? Isn't that your number one? Possibly. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'll have to have a look. <laughs> if that's now. the case, yeah, I am going to check. I think um, that it typing builds in just that those fractional seconds of thinking space in a way yeah. that even though you can pause when you dictate, I think I think it's a more pressured mm -hmm. to keep going. I yeah. don't know. Well, I mean, mentally as well, like it's it's hard enough because I've probably written about, I don't know, 40, almost 50 novels ghostwriting in the last like three or four years. And it's hard enough knowing that obviously those novels don't, you're not going to get credit for because, you know, the, you get paid per word. And obviously it's a part of the deal. Like I'm not, I'm not knocking it because it definitely like served when it needed to, but then to have to then dictate for the process for a thing that you're kind of like not quite wanting to do anyway, just adds that extra barrier and then it gets sent away to the transcriber so that when it comes back, you kind of don't remember what you've written and it needs a lot of tweaking. And then in the editing process, like it's just it's just not working out any more fruitful for me at this point. And yeah, you are strategic um, thinking led, by the way. There you go. Mm. But it's um, yeah, like I, I write quite clean first drafts if I type so I can do that. It might be a little bit slower sort of initially, but it yeah. just means that, you know, I'm more confident that that's just one part of the process done and I can send it and not worry about it. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's happened. So it's been quite a few very, very big changes um, and things going on this week. And I found energy in lots of places. I've had a few like periods of exhaustion, but it's been it's been a weird week. How about you, Sasha? Um. Well, I, I am suffering with quite bad headaches this week, which is not great. Um, what else? I got 
the proof of uh, my novella right here. Oh, yeah. Of sirens. I am pointing at it. Um, I then did all of the editor changes on Trey and then I formatted it um, and I have sent off for the covers. However, the designers are very busy, which is a bit concerning because they were like, Do you, can you wait until the end of the month? And I was like, <laughs> no. So because um, it's launching next month. <laughs> so I was like, definitely not. Um, and at the moment, Ingram Spark is taking like weeks to like that literally took weeks to get the book mm-hmm. proof. And so they pay like a thousand pounds for delivery. Yeah. So um, I'm just hoping that they can do it quicker because I'm going to be in a bit of hot bother if they can't. Um, what else? So I've done that. Um, I've had issues with post offices no fucking post office is either open or like they're unable to send to Korea. And I'm like, why can't you send to Korea? They're like, oh, it doesn't exist. I'm like, oh no, honey, trust me. The country exists. Like, but anyway, so so is there a middle Korea? No, there's North and South Korea and South Korea is also called the Republic of Korea. Gotcha. Okay. Um, But like, (laughs) (laughs) I just had to have very frustrating conversations with postal people um, who, you know, anyway. And so now I'm having to drive like 20 minutes to a post office that can help me. Um, So, yeah, that has been highly irritating. Um, What else have I been doing? I don't know what else I've been doing, really. Um, Planning and working on my next course or the slides for my next course. Um. I'm trying to get that done by the end of the month because I really want to be writing next month. Um, so yeah, I don't, I reckon, I don't know. Like I I have been smashing everything because Ellie told me that I had to. So <laughs> <laughs> I just do what she says. <laughs> Cracking the whip. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've done loads, but like loads of little bits and bobs that I needed to just get done. Um, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Um, right. Where's my running order? I've lost it. Here we go. Uh, level up. Uh, so we are putting out for some more level ups from some people out in the community. Um, and yeah, that's that's what we've got this week. Okay. Do you have a level awesome. up? No. <laughs> my level up will be Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> the brightest view Ukraine campaign. Be more specific. Um, what could my level up be? I don't know. I literally don't know oh I get to interview someone I'm very excited to I get to interview someone tonight who was on my list of people that I wanted to interview like my big hey. list yeah yeah so that's exciting oh I love that yeah uh Patreon we have them <laughs> so we have no new patrons this week but for anyone who wants to get involved get some I was gonna say behind the scenes I guess you kind of do in our um live Q&A's uh which we're well, by the time this airs, we will have posted up the next few for everyone to jump into. Um, jump on a live sesh with myself and Sasha for an hour every month and also get all of the episodes before they're publicly released. You can go over to patreon.com forward slash next level authors. You have a notice. Um, man, I'm underprepared on this one. Um, mm. I do I not. Also I've got, we can no, just I've got skip a few things. It. Yeah, I've got a few things coming up that um, 
aren't quite ready yet. But I will say um, one thing that I'll push forward is for people that don't know, I have written a book called The Self-Publishing Blueprint. That is all about how to self-publish a book from start to finish. And that goes even before you start writing to try and maximize your chances for whatever your individual success is. Um, so you can get that on Amazon, Kobo, wherever books are sold. Awesome. What have you enjoyed this week? <laughs> I don't know what this week is. I don't know. Like, I feel like I could say the Writers for Ukraine campaign again, and that that would be enough. Like, I've enjoyed seeing everyone come together, like the messages for people in support of obviously trying to help uh, Ukrainian refugees. I didn't realise how many specifically how many designers that are involved in the um, indie book community that are based out in Ukraine. So to kind of really see um, like the help going directly to people within the community has is, is been sort of really um, nice. And then the other thing as well, obviously I've got the little doggo who's currently asleep beside me and she's been getting me out of the house several times a day and been a nice little companion on on the days where I guess where I get to sit down and do nothing that hasn't happened this week. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have kind of like another person in the house. <laughs> so um, the thing that I enjoyed was a surprise birthday gift. Mm. Um, uh, so my wife uh, in secret flew uh, my dad over from the Netherlands. Um, and it's so weird because all week I was like, oh, like, what if my dad just turned up? Wouldn't that be cool? Um, mm. And of course I was like, oh, yeah, but he's never going to do that. Um, and then he did and I just completely broke down and Chloe took a video Aww. and it was very much like you know when soldiers come home and then all their like wives and mums are just like sobbing and everyone's sobbing and that's what it was like and I literally like wailed because um, I was just so surprised to see him so that was lovely and then uh, we went to London we had a lovely day in London um, yeah and it was just it was a really it was a really nice spontaneous weekend because how long has it been since he's been in the country to see you? Well, he had, this is the first time he saw our house and we've been in this house for almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he ever came to Stevenage. So that would be three years. Um, I reckon maybe five, five years mm-hmm. since he came to it's the It's a big UK. deal. So yeah, it was a, a very long time. And obviously I saw him in October, but before that it was like, two and three quarter years since I'd seen him so you know even though I saw him for a couple of days in October it didn't it wasn't enough you know yeah yeah yeah. okay any comments on last week's uh question we had some quite big comments from uh some of our wonderful patrons so um the question was how can writing change the world and the first comment was Shane who says uh through writing readers get to experience a range of characters who are different from them through reading, we have the opportunity to be exposed to different values, cultures, socioeconomic backgrounds, etc. than our own. The key thing, though, is that works of literature show is humanity is a shared experience with a lot of commonalities. In short, writing connects us with others in a way that little else can. And just off of that, like, I can't remember what book it was, but there was a Stephen King book that I remember reading the intro to. And he literally talks about how, um, how reading is time travel. And he was literally like it, it, describing where it was that he was sat while he was writing in such vivid detail that you could almost like time travel back to the point of where he was writing. And I just love that kind of like mental, mental connectivity. Um, Ara says, I'll try not to write an entire essay for this question. You failed. <laughs> the first part of my answer is that I'm just blown away by the effort from the writing community with the helping Ukrainian um, project with writing as a common ground. It feels like we're unstoppable. 
I find writing so powerful in countless ways. As a popular character from said unnamed author said, words are capable of inflicting pain and remedying it. From a simple story that makes someone happy to a didactic story that makes you think and question the way you see the world, writing can have as little or as large an impact as you can imagine. Imagination is the limit. You can engage with a character on a personal level, join them on a journey, and find you learn lessons from them you'd never have come across in your own life. You can leave a legacy behind you with people learning from your point of view or teachings centuries after you died. Or you could be an author who sells so few books that reaches a couple of readers who are so profoundly impacted by your writings that you give them some meaning to life. And then a final one from uh, Janelle who says, I'd like to make a book recommendation to illustrate how writing can change the world. The Good Ally by Nova Reed. Nova is an incredible anti-racist educator, activist and author. Her book is a guided anti-racism journey from bystander to change maker. Her primary audience is white people like me who are liberal, progressive and want to know how they can proactively tackle racism. Spoiler alert, it starts by looking inwards and interrogating your own biases, privileges and racism, which Nova explains is unavoidable if we've grown up in a country such as the UK. She has taught me that racism is much more than an overt act of hate committed by a horrible person over there. It's everyday racism that we all play a part in upholding. I'll tell you, it's an uncomfortable and confronting read. It has made me look at parts of myself I don't want to, but it is incredible. Nova challenges us readers, but does so with compassion, love and kindness. It's all framed around what she calls collective healing. If we unlearn our own shit, a lifelong process, we are less likely to cause harm to others by perpetuating racism and we will be more honest, vulnerable, courageous humans in general. She supports you as you read with challenges that might come up for you as such as shame spirals. She weaves in self-care as she has a mental health background. I'm trying to do it justice in the comment, but basically buy the book and experience Nova's unique, cheeky, warm, powerful writing style, an example of how writing can change the world. I love that. What was it called again? It was called The Good Ally by Nova Reed, and I'm sure we'll pop a link in the show notes for that. Excellent. Uh, okay, question of the week. Challenge. Dum, da, da, dum, dum. Oh. I want my level up challenge. I did a thing this week. Okay, quarter one <laughs> challenge. Uh, so my things, I mean, I'm going to have to tweak these slightly, but I b- believe these should be forgiven. So Dan will dictate new, new two novels. I have dictated one. I'm halfway through writing the second. Launch a survey. I'm in the process of putting the questions together with the aim of getting that out by the end of March. Write three short stories. I have written two now and then launch a podcast. Done. I think Dan's going to be doing a forfeit. On which part? <laughs> dictate. I don't know. Are you going to get another short story in? Yeah. Okay. Short stories are easy, mate. I can knock those out in like an hour. Okay. Uh, Sasha will read a minimum of five uh, sapphic books done. Implement outsourcing done. Check off five things off the new business plan. I actually double check that. I am way over that so it's excellent yeah and funny enough okay. i was just like oh my god it's nearly the end of the quarter um i hope that uh i am getting excited for planning quarter two yeah because you didn't get a proper chance to plan this quarter did you because of didn't i didn't get a this chance year to plan this. yeah <laughs> and that's probably reflective of the fact that this quarter has been a bit of a clusterfuck as well so uh-huh. um okay question of the week it'd be great to have a jingle in here wouldn't it it would we should have a little jingle or like a yeah a jump a drum roll anyway <laughs> what do you do when you struggle to write a story wow that is well no so i've got an answer jumped up immediately i don't struggle <laughs> if you say that i will slap you next time i see you <laughs> 
I didn't. Mm-hmm. So the answer that pops up to me, <laughs> and that has popped up into my head. Ah, oh, um, knew it. <laughs> no, I mean, like, there are times when wording is harder. There are times where wording is easier. Depends on your mental state, where you're sort of, how full your creative bucket is, all that kind of stuff, you know, how prepared you are, how outlined, everything else. Like, um, I I know that I definitely am a person that can get to the page and make the words happen, like, without excuse when I need to. On the flip side of that, the, the times when it is the hardest is often because I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I haven't thought enough about what the bigger picture of it all is so i can i can write but it might be shit and it might not be um informed by actually what i'm trying to write in the greater whole of things especially when it comes to novels like short stories i'm very i can very much like sit down and write a short story it's not because short story for me is experimentation it's catharsis it's just writing the the stuff that i want to write in a short time frame so i don't really like i know the structure of a short story enough that i can hit the beats but then i just improvise it on the fly like i i probably give about maybe 10, 15 minutes thought before I go into a short story um, just to kind of get it done and get it out. But then like one thing to remember is that the other stories podcast was launched in April, 2016. We had to write a short story every month, all four of us when we were starting it out. And at this point I've probably written maybe 60 or 70 short stories in the last six or seven years. So I'm, I am at this point fairly practiced in short stories when it comes to novels or or bigger works or anything that I kind of get stuck on it normally is me if I do have a time where I'm going these words don't feel right I will step back I will look more at the outline and try and like remind myself of what the greater whole is and like think a bit more maybe the character's not as fleshed out as they need to be maybe their motivation isn't clear enough maybe I'm not sure where that puzzle piece fits in with the larger collective and I do give myself a bit of time to just stop and think and percolate and let that happen. Um, but then the answer that actually sprang into my head the minute you said that was read. If I, if I get stuck, it's normally, I don't know how to say it. Like it's normally like I'm not, I'm not feeling the words or I just need that extra reassurance that I'm writing in a manner that I'm happy with. And for some of that, like, obviously I'm, I'm inspired by certain authors. There are certain styles that I really like. Like I'm a huge fan of Richard Lehman's writing style. Arguably like a lot of his stories are very um, archaic in how they deal with like mostly women, um, which isn't ideal, but the actual way that he writes and the way that he constructs sentences, it's very simple. It's very clean. It's very um, non-padded and you can tell a story and you can lose yourself on a story and flip the pages very quickly. So his writing style is a big inspiration for me. So it might be if I'm writing a horror story and, you know, there is a point where I'm not quite feeling the, the rhythm, I'll just, I'll just pick up a book and I'll read, or even if it's just a page or two, just to kind of go, okay, like I'm kind of on track with how I want this to feel. Um, because lots of different authors, um, and we've, I think we've covered this in some previous episodes, but like Richard Lehman, I love the construction of his prose, Ray Bradbury, I love just the kind of like purple nature and the very sort of um, etheric way that he writes sometimes, like sometimes a bit too much, but I like some of those styles. Nick Cutter is fantastic at senses and making you really sort of experience a world outside of just sight. And so I, I go back to just different books and I, I will read passages and I will just try and inspire myself with the stuff that I'm almost trying to emulate and then put that down in my voice and continue writing. But mostly when, so as I say, it's not that, well, I don't, I don't ever get stuck. If I need to write, I do write, but 
also I think a big part of that is I just give myself permission to write shit which is something that I really try and like push with the people in the activated authors group is like there, there is nothing more powerful than having finished that first draft because you then know that you have a package story that you can then, you know, shave bits off of add bits on. Like it's that sandcastle analogy of the first draft is scooping just sand into a bucket. You turn it over then you're like, okay, I'm going to add a flag here. I'm going to shave a bit off here. I'm going to you know make it into what you want it to be. Um, and so I think I have built up that mentality with my first drafts where it's just like, just get the fucker down. Like it, it won't be perfect. And actually this week, the short story that I wrote is um, part of what will go into the other stories podcasts, Halloween serial this week, uh, this, this year. And it, I, I just, it was 1700 words and I just wrote it from start to finish, just kind of spammed it out. But because it's centered on other writers and what they're doing, that was a real challenge because the character that I had is very specific. It has to fit within these other puzzle pieces. So I had to first make sure that I, I did sit down to write it and then realized I didn't know how old this character was. I didn't know like where they were from. So I then had to have those discussions first before I was like, okay, let's do this justice. And the, as I was writing it, I got to a point where I was like, this isn't the right word, but I just need to put a synonym for this down to carry on. And so the first draft is messy. Um, I shot it over to Luke, who's doing a lot of show running of that kind of serial, just to say like, is the gist of the story okay? Like forget the specifics of words because words can be tweaked. Is the story okay? Um, and he came back and said, yeah, the story sort of spot on. And I'm like going through and editing now just to clean it up. But it is a mentality, I think, of if you're if you're really, really stuck in your words. Um, and I'm not saying this is the only reason, but if you're really, really stuck in your words, like a big part of that, maybe that you're just putting too much pressure on that first draft because you want it to be perfect. And the truth is that most of my work will go for a minimum of three or four edits before it gets anywhere near where I'm happy with. And that first draft is messy. And it is chaotic and it's not perfect. And there are people in there that shouldn't be. And there are places in there that aren't well described. And there is dialogue that is unnatural. And that is a first draft. It's because you can't you can't know what your story is until you've reached the end. Because was it you that told me about the, the dropped glass ball analogy? Yeah, just, uh, I'll, yeah, that, that idea of holding a glass ball when you're looking at it and thinking this is going to be my story, dropping it shatters in pieces on the floor and the best thing we can do is try and reconstruct that and it will never be perfect but it will be yours so that's my little monologue yeah I think I really needed that reminder Mm -hmm. so thanks for that I uh I don't like writing shit first drafts but also I don't really like (laughs) editing so this is a problem because I don't like editing and I don't like writing shit first drafts which makes it very hard to get to the end of a draft Mm -hmm. um so yeah and that's really helpful um so my answer to what do you do when you struggle is it depends why I'm struggling so I try to get to the root cause of why I'm struggling so like sometimes it's because I my creative well is dry that made me jump sometimes it's because um I'm I uh sometimes it's because I've messed up something earlier in the story or um sometimes it can be because I'm really fucking tired and it's really hard to be creative in like I can edit tired I can't I really struggle to draft tired Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's like a different kind of like I can edit all fucking day long but if I'm tired there I you can I won't it will be like slug pace trying to get words out um so that that is quite often um, an issue. 
Um, and then sometimes it can be psychological. So like maybe there's a psychological fear there or maybe there's like the pressure thing is definitely that's definitely so true. And I like I think I'm going to write on my desk, just write a shit first draft um, because I definitely put way too much pressure on myself, expecting things to be perfect on the first draft. Um, so, yeah, that is a good reminder. Um, what else do I do when I struggle? Uh, sometimes I, I do things with my hands. So like I will just write like chapter summaries on post-its, just the action of writing the summary again of what the chapter is. Like I, it's something about that physicality of using my hand, which is connected to my brain. I know that sounds like, of course it is, but like it's that that connection that really helps me um also because I really like like writing a book for me is definitely like doing a puzzle um and so having those post-its that I can then I could not physically, deal with your writing process <laughs> physically move around really helps me what like I, I need to go back and listen to the what is your writing process because you just write from start to finish don't you yeah are you a pencil? I so on I'd say on a scale of one to ten with one being pants and ten being plot I'm about a three or a four like I need to know a couple of specifics and then I'm off to the races but I I almost view it as I'm writing it's kind of like I'm watching a film inside my own head and it's like oh wouldn't it be amazing if this character did this and then that would be like a twist in some way and so that's a really interesting thing about that is that I really struggle another way that I struggle is if I can see the scene in my head but there's a disconnect between seeing it and being able to write it like that is the scariest kind of problem for me because I don't then I don't know what the problem is because I, if I can see it like I can't I don't normally write scenes that I can't see visually in my brain so yeah. then then that's the scariest type of struggle for me because I'm like oh god like I don't know my, anyway my process is like being sat around the campfire and you can see where like a house is for warmth and you want to go to bed and you've got all your friends around you and you're like, okay, guys, we're going to walk into that house and we're going to go to sleep. And you go, okay. And then everyone just wanders off. <laughs> like it's a short distance, but they all go into the forest. But at the end of the night, they all end up in the house. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. How do you know what to write if you don't know what to write? Like, I don't understand that. So I know the key thing that I need to know is what the main character is doing. Everything else is optional. <laughs> I just don't understand. I have to know what I'm going to write before I write it. Otherwise, how do I know what to write? I don't, I don't understand answers. Like, <laughs> is as well like have you heard of Ellen Brock Mm -mm. so she's done this thing called the four types of writers and she puts everything on on two um continuums so plotter and pantser and then methodological versus intuitive and then you can have we we can put the link in the show notes and she's just finished the series so because of those continuums you get four different types so you get like methodological plotter methodological pantser intuitive plotter intuitive pantser intuitive pantser yeah that's what you are for sure Mm -hmm. and that's not what I am but interestingly (laughs) I did not expect to come out the way that I've come out so I'm actually a methodological pantser would you fucking believe I would what I would not have believed that like I swear that I I always thought that I was a plotter and I'm not Um, and so this is the interesting thing right um, th- like th- that video describes me to a T in that we don't we very much struggle to say like we don't categorize how we're working so mm-hmm. I'm never just working on the first draft or the second draft I'm like 
working just working on the story because some things will will be in the third draft and other scenes I won't have written or whatever um and she talks about the fact that we build stories up and I was like oh my god that is exactly what I do and and she talks about how fast drafting a skeleton draft is really good for this type of writer and I was like look at that that's what I found last year or the year before or whenever it was and then other things like um that we should not do anything that we should not have to do anything she was like if editing will help you even though you're 30 percent of the way through do do that she was like if going back to paper will help you do that if um if you know I don't know jumping to a different part of the story will help do that and I, and she was like your process of all of the writer types your process is chaos and the most fluid like that is how she described mm-hmm. it and I was like that is definitely my process like so, I would describe my process as chaos <laughs> yeah I mean you are an you are an avid outliner you're a massive studier Except that I'm not and that's but, the but, interesting thing because I only get part way through an outline before I'm like ah fuck it I'm just gonna start well, writing here's the point you have to have the outline in process first because you've just gone through and like resketched like an entire entire outline of stuff but then what is your brand what do you mean Rebel, you're, yeah. You're so I don't fucking pay attention to so it. You anyway. outline, and then you rebel <laughs> against your own outlines. But at least then you start with some kind of structure. Because even with the last few books, you've mentioned that like you get to the end of that draft, and it still needs a lot of work because yeah. you haven't stuck to that original outline. Yeah. But then you go in different directions and make it work. So it, well, that's it's exactly that's exactly what she said. She was like, uh, she was like, these types don't ever fully outline. And she was like, if you do fully outline, you'll often find a lot of resistance to getting the book mm-hmm. done. She was like, but if you can like she was like sometimes you'll want to do a bit more plotting than not and so she was like you know doing a very high level outline you know like I say I've outlined like we're talking about some post-its on a page that is the That's extent of my thousand more than I do <laughs> no, well of course because yeah. you're a complete panther but you know like and 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 the other thing is is that that is literally um putting it in order in my brain otherwise it's so chaotic that I I can't yeah anyway yeah so um I've been fascinated by that video and like all of the things that she taught and I've literally watched it I think I'm on my seventh watch because it's it fascinates like and I forget things and I go back and I need reminding that I have permission to do it this way mm-hmm. um well yeah especially like because you've written enough books now that you kind of start to understand where where it is that you need to sit on that spectrum but I hate the chaos <laughs> Like, I hate that that is how I write a book. It really annoys me that it's so chaotic. Like, <laughs> that is the part of me that likes the structure that is just craving for a more, like, systematic process. But I don't think I'm ever going to get one, which means I'm going to constantly live in chaos. Which Question for you. Chaos. Yeah. Have you skeleton drafted this, whatever you're working on at the minute? I, I have skeleton drafted scents, but um, not fully because this is the other funny thing. Um, I always say that I get stuck around the 70% mark. And she was like, in the video, you'll get stuck between 20% and 60%. And I was like, oh, I get stuck at 70. But like, still, she was like, you will get stuck in the draft. She doesn't say mm-hmm. that for any of the other writers. And I was like, oh, my God. So like, I definitely am this this writer. But yeah, have I skeletoned it? I, I did skeleton and then I got stuck (laughs) 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 so I stopped um yeah so 
I when I go when I because I started writing on it again the other week I rewrote the beginning and I got a much better beginning this time and then I was like why am I doing this when I fucking know the beginning is going to change again anyway Uh so um I've put the beginning aside and I'm now like okay I have to go back and go back to where I was like trying to finish skeleton and slapping it down and then like padding it out and like jumping all over the place so yeah you did add um like uh a very very good point there as well so you know if you are stuck on a draft it's not always because of the writing so you mentioned obviously like when you're tired it, it becomes very very hard to do so especially like, oh, it's a difference so between physically tired and mentally tired yeah um but i mean on top of that like i've i've had people in sort of one-on-ones or, or groups and they're talking that i'm really struggling to get the words down and you peel it apart and like it could be as simple as you are hungry and you don't have the energy you haven't drunk enough water it could be that you need to just go out for a walk clear your head get the body moving it could be that you know, there's stuff going on in your personal life that is massively demanding your bandwidth that makes it very difficult to get to the page. I know I've definitely been there sort of in the past couple of years where like big heavy life events happen and you're like, why can't I write? And it's like, it's because you have to deal with this stuff. Um, Like it's not, it's not as simple as just sitting down to the page and just making it happen. Like sometimes you do have to consider what it is in life as well that is potentially peeling you back. And that like the, the good thing for me about writing is it always feels like that place of control for me. It's a place where I'm consistent. I can turn up, I can do the thing. But sometimes there is stuff in life. Sometimes it's your own sort of physical wellness that that slows you down and, and makes things more difficult. So it's worth trying to be conscious of some of the other factors as well. Mm-hmm. I love this question. Well, yeah, I thought it was a, I nearly asked two other questions. So I'm glad that I asked this one now because uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've had a bit of an ass kick and a reminder that like, I can just get the fucking words down. Like any, any which way you can get them down. So but it's, think- Im- what, but it's important to like, emphasize as well that this does happen with a lot of writers every time you start a new book like there's always that I want this to be perfect and we forget that the first draft is the first draft Mm, mm, yeah yeah ah brilliant okay well (laughs) that's it so question of the week for the audience is what do you do when you're struggling to write a story and we will see you next week bye 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 hungry for more if you enjoyed this podcast you can hear more of my angelic accent and dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts for more of me check out the activated authors podcast for more of me listen to the rebel author podcast we'll be back next week holding each other to account as dan and sasha become next level authors so i'm not full of energy today both as per usual. <laughs>